I've got to be honest, after last week's episode, it was really, really, do you know, I want to say it was kind of emotional, do you know what I mean? It was a really powerful episode. Yeah, last week we uh we kind of got into the weeds a little bit and uh, touched onto some heavy shit. So I, I think it's time this week that uh, we go back to talking about nonsense. <laughs> what would you describe as nonsense, by the way? Basically everything else that goes on in the wrestling world. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. So today's show, we, we've not even planned it. We're just going to talk about absolute crap for a full hour and just see where this goes. Is that fair? Very, very fair. And, uh, you know, anybody in the comments that wants to chime in, chime in. Uh, if anybody has the ability to call in, call in. We're just going to do a free for all here. I'm excited about that. I, you know, I love my improvisation here. He does. He does. He's actually the king of improv. But of course, as always, intern, roll the intro. And welcome to episode 136 of the Magic of Wrestling podcast. I'm, of course, one half of the host, Liam Wakelin. And you guys know who I am. I'm the American half of this equation. I'm the uh, the Kentucky sensation, the FN expert, Mr. Isaacs. Of course. So, Mr. Isaacs, we do this every week. It's obviously our week to catch up. How's the week been for you, my friend? I, I don't think a week goes by that, uh, that it's not been hectic. I, I had a sick child this week. Uh, that took up a, a pr- pretty good portion of my time and uh, work and uh, everything else. It's been uh, it's been exhausting as usual, but I did get to watch some wrestling. So, and I get to talk to my pal Liam on Saturday like I usually do. So, there's always a bright spot to your week. Always, always, yeah. It's been one of those weeks as well for me. Work's just been so draining. It's one of those like weeks where it's like Friday just could not come around, you know, quick enough. Absolutely. Let, we got quite a few people in the house showing up here. Let's get some love out. We got uh good old can of dry here. He wants light mayo today. All right. Do you want tomato and onion with that? Uh GM Joe in the house. Good afternoon, gentlemen. An American hero himself, GM Joe. What is up, my man? We got Ayaka in. Good morning, Liam and Isaac. Elimination Chamber was awesome. I haven't watched all of Elimination Chamber yet. I'm part of the way through it, but I do like what I've seen. Uh we got Shane in the house. What's up, Effers? What's going on, my man? Got Eric Nuko in the house. Jesus H. Christ. It took me a minute, but don't worry. I have arrived. We never worry. Do we actually worry? I, I don't worry about anything with these shows, man. You turn the microphone on and talk, and uh, whatever happens, happens. There you go. There you go. Like I said, today's an improv episode. We're just going to see what we can talk about. And it's funny that one of somebody said in the comments, Elimination Chamber, because that's obviously what I want to talk about. Elimination Chamber. I know you've obviously seen part of it. I've watched part of it as well, but from what you've seen so far, exciting? So far, it's really good. I'm only two matches into it. Uh, the first match I watched was the, uh, well, the opener was the Women's Elimination Chamber. I thought they all did a really good job. Um, I thought it was a good, fun match. I thought everybody looked pretty good. And then I saw the second match, which was the uh, the tag title match, and that was really good too. I, I'm, I'm loving uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn as a team. I think they work really well together, and uh, 
they put on a damn good match with um, Judgment Day. I thought it was really entertaining. Yeah, the interesting thing is, I don't know, for some reason, I mean, obviously, Becky Lynch obviously won the match, but for some reason, I, I kind of want somebody else to win. I'm kind of, like, bored of seeing the same people, you know, like, shoved down our throats a little bit. Well, I mean, they've got a lot of people that they've called up recently. Um, I mean, for example, when you watch the women's match, Tiffany Stratton is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, for one thing, she is insanely good looking. <laughs> and another thing, she's really, really good. She's super athletic. She's good in the ring. I thought she looked fantastic. Um, I thought Bianca did really well. I, I'm glad that Naomi's back. I I kind of take the opposite view. I think it's kind of refreshing. We're seeing some people that we're not used to seeing in some of these cards. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you've only seen too much. I will say one thing, by the way. The main event, I'm not going to spoil what it is because obviously there is spoilers, but it is, it's a bit very surprising someone's like in the match, and that's all I will say. I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> I mean that's fine. I don't. I don't even care if it is spoiled. Honestly, I mean I already know Drew McIntyre won <laughs> the men's main event. I already know that because uh, I mean as soon as you hit like the the Facebook button, that's like the first thing that pops up. So um, yeah, I'm not too worried about spoilers. But uh, you know, I am curious to see where they go from here. And um, I got to say that they, at least from what I've seen so far, I think it's been a good show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, with that obviously being said, we Elimination Chamber now obviously done dusted. We've now obviously got four matches now announced for WrestleMania. We've got Bailey and I hope to get her name for some reason. My mind, Sky. My mind just went blank. Now I'm like, who the hell's that? <laughs> well, they took her name as uh, Eo Shirai and they they simplified it to Eo Sky. So yeah, yeah. And of- of course, then it's Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, and of course, the, the big one, Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. So four matches so far announced. I mean, I've got to be honest, this is pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's shaping up to be a good card, honestly. I think the buildup has been good. I mean, we've got the uh, the factor of The Rock and how he's going to play into all this. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I am. I, I think this is turning out to be a good card. And uh, I do think this is going to be Cody's moment. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict right now that I think The Rock turns on Reigns and uh, fights the bloodline Mm -hmm. and keeps them from interfering unless Cody win. That's the expert prediction right now. Okay, interesting. So we've actually got somebody backstage. Let's see what what they think. So she was on the show last week, of course. Hello. What's going on, Tiffany? Hi. Um, nothing much. I just uh, finished an elimination chamber not too long ago. What are your really thoughts on show. it? Yeah, what what did you like about it? I really, really love the women's match a lot. Um, Tiffany Stratton was just so much fun, and her flipping off the top of the pod, and she was straight on fire. She's a star. Today. She is awesome. Um, I have liked this woman for a long time. Um, I wasn't too crazy about the gimmick whenever she first, like, came around and stuff like that, the vignettes and stuff like that, because I'm not into, like, preppy stuff like that. (laughs) But um, I love her now. Um, I have liked her since her match. it was her versus wendy cho or something yeah 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 whenever i started liking her whenever (laughs) she um 
she's impressed me since the beginning, I guess you could say. Um, I thought the men's match was great, too. Um, all matches were really good on this show. Um, I woke up about 8 o'clock, and I just cut it on. There was no way in hell I was staying up or waking yeah. up so early or nothing like that. So I'm like, mm, I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm a huge pro wrestling nerd. I'm not getting up at 5 in the morning to watch a no, no, sorry. thank you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Going back to what you said about Tiffany Stratton, um, I agree with you because when I first mm -hmm. saw her, I was like, oh, boy. Here's another fitness model blondie that's going to do the preppy girl that's not going to be able to run the ropes right. Like, um, that's kind of what I thought. Like, this is going to be another Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Um, but it's not. She's even so after cool. even after months after she came, everybody was still trying to call her Kelly Kelly. And I'm like, hell no. No. That's a horrible take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would take her over most other women in the world right now, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, sorry guys, um, carry on. I mean, don't don't worry about it. We're not even planning ahead. We're just talking. Go ahead. Well, Liam, what are your thoughts on Tiffany Stratton? Do you like Tiffany Stratton? It's one of those where when you first see the actual, obviously, performer, you think, really? But then you see her in the ring, you're like, actually, she's really, really good. And I, I like a little sidebar because I've got Tiffany near me as well, by the way. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, he's got show love for Tiffany. We got yeah, it. <laughs> we we'll see we we'll see where we're going here. By the way, we kind of like spotted that, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she's proven me wrong a lot. I mean, sometimes I'm like, eh, where's this going? But in the ring, we've seen this obviously another prime example. Obviously, Logan Paul. We know what his history is like. We know what his backstory is like. But the guy is really good in the ring, and I hate to admit that. <clears throat> All right. Now, I, I guess what I need to know now is uh, Tiffany. What are you gonna do? to take that IWGP US title away from Liam that's sitting across his shoulder. <laughs> mm, you can have it. <laughs> Buzz in. True champion, right? What, what, what if like, uh, we had a swerve here and like this was a recorded video of Tiffany, but Tiffany comes walking in that door behind Liam with a steel chair right now. That would be pretty impressive. Yeah, that'd be fun. Hey, how about you put on your in your pits from mayhem come on down <laughs> you're doing that's contested on luna's victim list luna's victim list just like renee and just like you this week isaac oh please <laughs> well anyway. eventually it's not over yet for one thing but another We'll we'll uh we'll get a one on one at some point down the road and, and i don't have any partners at that point you're not beating me one on one that's not happening Really? Okay. Oh yeah, really. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> okay, come on Tiffany. down my way, and I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> oh dear, guys, save that for a time. But Tiffany, thanks for obviously stopping by. Yeah, it's, you can obviously jump back in at some point. But thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you very much. Have <laughs> I'll a good see one, you guys. Bye. Oh dear, I had to do that because like this is going to get way out of hand. <laughs> hey, we got we got time to fill, brother. Let's get the whole roster on here. I don't care. There we go. So I've just seen this as you were talking there, and it seems a lot of people believe that AEW is like struggling in certain places to sell tickets. We see obviously the videos online with like arenas half empty and stuff. What do you think on this as a whole? In WWE? AEW, sorry. 
Oh, AEW. I was going to say, I, I see packed houses in WWE. <laughs> I don't know, man, but Tony Khan and AEW, they got to figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they probably need to start running. I guess they need to start running just hot markets for wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. take, for example, Lexington, Kentucky. Yep. When they came to Rupp Arena, the dynamite that I went to with my cousin Steven, yep. um, it was pretty packed. Like, the hard camera side was not empty. It wasn't. It was a packed arena because Lexington is a very solid wrestling town. Um, there's even a, a segment on Cornette's podcast this week where he's talking about how great Rupp Arena is as a wrestling arena. Um, and it's historic, you know? I mean, that's that's where Macho Man Randy Savage uh, wrestled his famous cage match with Jerry the King Waller from Memphis Wrestling. It's a wrestling town. And I kind of think AEW is going to have to stick to wrestling towns. I mean, they're, they're going to have to stay away from, uh, you know, I don't know, Biloxi, Mississippi, you know, places that are just not really known to be wrestling towns because mm-hmm. they just don't seem to be drawing unless it's in a very hardcore wrestling market. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to really change their strategy of where they're booking arenas because whether we like to admit it as fans or not, AEW is struggling to get an audience right now. I mean, they just are. Mm-hmm. They're struggling to get a paid audience uh, for admission, and they're struggling to get a television audience. Let's be honest. I mean, 600,000 to 800,000 viewers, it's not really that great. I mean, they, yeah. they need to try to figure out some ways to boost their popularity. Do you think the product as a whole needs to change a little bit? I mean, we, we know how stacked the roster is. We know they've got, obviously, XWB guys. They've got the experience. They've got the young blood. Is it going to be the product as a whole? Is something going to change, you know, what we see on TV? I think so. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some changes that need to be made. I mean, you know, they're, they're putting on really good matches every week, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's what AEW's bread and butter is, is they put on good matches. Yep. But if you want to really get ahead and you want to grow the product, you're going to have to tie it together with with better production, with better uh, uh, storytelling. And the, the thing with the devil and MJF was so hot, but then it just fell flat when MJF disappears because he has to have surgery. Uh, the devil re- revealed to be Adam Cole, which everybody thought it was the entire time. It was very deflating. And now we don't even see the guy on TV anymore, hardly. No. <laughs> like, like you would think that, you know, they, they built up the devil to be the top heel in the company, and now you barely even see the guy. And now they're relegated to kind of a mid-card, low mid-card feud with the best friends. I just, it's just so flat to me, man. It's so flat. Um, I don't know if maybe they didn't plan for MJF to be out um, or, or what the deal is, but... I think they're going to have to get it together because I think creatively they're struggling. I, I would yeah, like yeah. to see Tony Khan hire someone like Scott Demore mm-hmm. or someone like that to come in and help him book his product. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you think about it, I mean, the product was absolutely great. But when you just said there with the Adam Cole thing, it was kind of predictable. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing when it comes to AEW sometimes. And don't get me wrong, we're massive fans. We, don't, we, we said that, you know, many times. We love the product really, really well. But sometimes when you're watching AW, you think, okay, this is going to happen. And it absolutely right. And you, a prime example is the devil thing. So I feel like at the minute, AW is kind of predictable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the devil thing, I feel like, was a huge missed opportunity. 
mm-hmm. um, because everybody thought it was Adam Cole. They should have pivoted and found somebody else to be the devil, somebody that would have been shocking, you know, like, and then they, and like I said, for the devil to just disappear after, after world's end, it's like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not good booking. It's just not. Um, so the matches are good. I think the booking is off point. I think they got to change that. I think they got to start running stronger wrestling markets and they're going to have to start cutting out a lot of these secondary markets because it's not a good look when they run an arena and almost half the damn arena is empty. I mean, that's just not a good look. It's not a good look at all. No, I think I must have seen about several photos of like certain towns and you don't see it obviously because you know, of the camera thing. But when you look at it, it's kind of sad. I mean, we, we're, we're Marks, obviously, AEW Marks, but we want the wrestling industry to thrive. You know what I mean? We don't want to like see stuff like this. Absolutely. And 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 what what worries me is that if they keep going this direction, it worries me about the long-term viability of AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, because wrestling needs a strong number two. Like, we, we had many, many years where WWE was basically the only show in town with a very small time TNA being about 10 steps below them. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> it wasn't really a good time to be a wrestling fan, in my opinion. Um, so we need a strong number two, and I hope that they could figure out a way to turn this around. But if it keeps trending this way, man, I, I Tony Khan's got deep pockets. I guess it could run in the deficit for probably the rest of his life if he wanted to. But uh, if he ends up uh, losing a TV deal or something, I don't know. This could be chaos. Uh, so hopefully things start turning around for them and they start increasing a bit. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a good look. And especially when you just mentioned there, the TV deal thing's such a big deal. If they lose that, then it's it's not good, let's be honest. Yeah, if they lost TV, they'd be screwed. <laughs> I mean, that would be it. Um, I mean, I would assume that they would probably find another suitor, but... Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, look, he couldn't find a deal for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You know, like he couldn't talk Warner into carrying Ring of Honor. So Ring of Honor is just behind this damn paywall that literally nobody watches except hardcore marks. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Um, it's just not good, man. We've we've got to we've got to rejuvenate this a little bit. I think you should hire Scott Demore. That's what I think. Yeah, we'll get obviously onto Scott Demore early because we've got something else to talk about that. But one last thing to end on this thing is, Canada Dry mentioned it a while back, like companies fighting for identities. Do we feel, and this might be a hard question to have, being like AEW fans, has AEW lost its identity in a way? Um, I think that AEW caters to. I think they cater to the IWC. Mm-hmm. A lot more than the Dota B does. Let's just be honest here. So I think the product that they put forward, that that pro wrestling gorilla style that the Young Bucks brought to AEW to the mainstream audience, um, it 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 only resonates with the people that are already going to tune in. I just don't think the audience is going to grow with that kind of style. So. I, I don't think it's that they've lost their identity. I think it's that they need to adopt a new one, to be honest with you. Like, I, I just don't think they could run this PWG style wrestling and have long-term viable success as a mainstream company. Um, I think they should have went with Cody's vision. I've said this before. I think they should have went with Cody's vision of wrestling instead of the Young Bucks vision of wrestling. I think Tony made the wrong choice. 
Yeah, the one thing is with Tony, you've got to people obviously remember it. He's still a wrestling fan. Do you know what I mean? We we see it, his thing from a wrestling fan. I don't. I'm not blaming Tony. Obviously, the business side, the different type, your own model and thing. So it's not his fault anyway. I feel like he's just learning anyway. Well, I mean, he's the owner. He's the owner. He's the booker. He's the end all be all. So it kind of is his fault, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he's learning. And, you know, hopefully he'll be able to make some changes. Um, it's just a matter of if he's willing to make the changes that are necessary. And that's the big question. I don't know if Tony Khan is willing to make the changes or not. I don't know who is in his ear that's telling him that this is the way it should be done. Um, I know that there's been things come out in the past about, you know, Jim Ross trying to tell him to do things differently. And, you know, some other elder statesmen in the wrestling business that were just kind of told, eh, now I'm doing this, you know, I, I just, I would like to see him adopt a little more old school wrestling logic mm-hmm. and, and less of the kind of uh, modern IWC stuff. Um, because I mean, you know, we're all going to watch it, you know, cause we like it, but I don't think it's going to grow. I, I don't think that hardcore, I don't, excuse me. I don't think casual fans are going to flock to AEW if this is the kind of product they put on from now on. I guess we shall remain to be seen. So that's a nice little discussion thing. So from AEW, we're going to head to, to New Japan. And Nick Nemeth and Matt Riddell capture gold for New Japan. I've got to be honest, I absolutely love this, by the way. I love it too. And I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the shows yet, but I'm going to because I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, Nick Nemeth, I think, is... I think his style and Matt Riddle both. I mean, they both have kind of a uh, catch-as-catch-can kind of a legit shoot grappling style that I think would fit in really well in New Japan. So I'm excited to see what those two guys do um, in New Japan. I- I'm excited to see it. I'm going to go back and watch the card. And uh, it, it, Matt Riddle apparently uh, uh, beat Tanahashi. I'm sure that was a great match. And uh, do you have there who... Um, Oh, he beat uh, Dave Finley, right? Yes. Nemeth. Yeah. So I'm sure that was a great match, too. I'm excited to go back and see it. Yeah, the one thing, and we said this on Wrestling with the Paranormal yesterday, is we're now seeing Dolph Ziggler outside WWE, and I've got to be honest, I prefer this to these WWE thing, hands down. Like, if it's promo work, his in-room work, it feels more authentic, and I feel like I can get behind him a little bit more. Absolutely. And... Uh... You know, I don't know if you remember me mentioning this on the show a few weeks ago, but probably my favorite match that I've seen live from a technical perspective was a WWE house show uh, several years ago, and it was uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a clinic, like it was a very good technical back and forth match. It was totally not a WWE television match, mm-hmm. which is the great thing about going to house shows is that you see them perform in the ring the way they want to perform in the ring with no time limits, no picture in picture bullshit. None of that. They can just come out and wrestle the way they want to wrestle. And those two put on an amazing match. So I figured that whenever Nimeth left WWE, that he would put on these kind of technical clinic style matches with people. And uh, I was excited to see that. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I mean, the one thing I always remembered is obviously his, pro- his first promo on TNA, you know, when they went to like the, the new style type thing. And it was so great. And I always remember what he said. Well, he's done so much in the wrestling world under one roof. 
But now we're going to get to see what he could do outside of that. And I feel like this thing with the New Japan thing is a big thing for him. And I just, I'm so happy for him personally because we know how underutilized he was over the past, I think, so many years in WWE. Oh, he's been forever in WWE. I don't even, how long has he even been in WWE since like, what, 2003? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> around mean, that. Yeah. He was there for a solid 20 years. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about, but yeah. He was there for that long. Let's uh before you move on to the next point, let's get to some of these comments here. because um, okay. this is anything goes. Ayaka says, What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, I thought it was a tremendous game. Um, I was pulling for the 49ers just simply because I'm a Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals guy. That's who I wanted to win in the AFC, one of those two teams. And the Chiefs beat both of those teams <laughs> over the past couple of years. Uh, so I was pulling for the 49ers. I'm not a fan of sports dynasties. I don't like when one team wins over and over again. But it was an amazing game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Eric Newcomb wants to know, uh, Liam, how big is it? Now, I know you answered this once before, so you can't say as big as a Sky Remote. So what? What? what, what is your answer this time? I completely forgot about that one. It's a famous clip. Like, we clipped it and everything. He's actually on our YouTube channel, so if you actually will go on a see and go back and actually have a look. But um, I'm not saying I've got a big one, but I can win a three-legged race on my own. Tiffany says, I could still see NXT becoming TNA light and Jordan Grace skipping NXT and going to the main roster if they can get out of TNA. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'd rather watch NXT than TNA. I'm just being honest. Uh, the Scott Demore thing kind of soured me on TNA. When they fired him and they put some corporate stooge in charge, I'm like, yeah. I, I was thinking about getting TNA Plus and watching it, but I'm not anymore. Screw them. <laughs> yeah, I will be honest. I mean, I watched the obviously TNA product quite a lot, so I'm I, I do actually like the product. But you, you're absolutely right. The Scott Demore thing really did sour me because you're talking about a guy that. Has been through basically been through the wars with TNA. Do you know what I mean? They've been through absolutely so much turmoil, and he's managed to dig them out and look where they are now. I have to say that he's probably one of the biggest parts of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy's been embedded in TNA for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the old Team Canada days back in like what 2005, yep. you know, when he was their manager. So I, I think that was a very bad call. Uh, Randy wants to know, what do we think of Dakota turning on damage control to help Bailey? I think Dakota Kai is going to turn on Bailey. And here's the reason why. Because the Japanese women can't cut promos. They need an American to cut promos for them. I think Dakota Kai is going to be their mouthpiece. I think she's going to turn on Bailey, And that's what I think is going to happen. I think she's going to be the one to cut promos on behalf of EO Sky. What do you think, Liam? Do you know what? I didn't actually think about that, but actually now you mentioned it, I kind of agree, and I can see actually just like the two, obviously Japanese at either side, and then just like Dakota. I think like Dakota is great on the mic, by the way. She's probably one of my favorites, so I'm not against that idea, I will be honest. I think it's what's going to happen. I think they're building it up to that. I think they're building up to a swerve and a betrayal, and uh, uh, she's going to be the uh, the mouthpiece of damage control, because the, the three Japanese women, they, they don't, they're not very proficient in English. Mm -hmm. uh, unless they do the Shinsuke Nakamura thing and put subtitles with pre-recorded promos, which, I mean, they could do that, I guess, but I think it'd be more impactful if they had Dakota Kai speak on their behalf. 
Yeah. Do you still think this thing with Bailey and damage controls kind of like not dragged out a little bit, or do you think it's been cut short? Cut short? No. Like we knew obviously they're going to turn on each other, but do you feel like it's not been dragged out as long as we thought? Well, I, I do think they pulled the trigger on it a little early. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I just wanted to go ahead and rush that uh, Bailey was going to face EO Sky, so they just went on and jumped into it. I, I think they could have teased it a few more weeks. Um, I think maybe the turn could have happened like, oh, I don't know, an elimination chamber if one of them had been involved in some way. Um, so they pulled the trigger on it a little earlier than I thought they would, but um, you know, I, I think it's going to flesh out to be a pretty good feud in the end. Yeah, I, I mean, Bailey's obviously great in the ring, and I'm just—I mean, I, I also can't pick who's actually going to win. So, would you say? Yeah, I think Bailey's going to win for sure. Aaron Newcomb says, "So, would you say it's as big as a pop can?" I can say it's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're thinking more like a Monster Energy can, right, or like a, some I'm, kind of tall boy can? The yeah. thing is, I'm trying to go in my head going like that. It's weird. <laughs> GM Joe says, uh, I think Dakota is too. Um, so I guess GM Joe's saying he agrees with me that Dakota is going to turn on Bailey. But yeah, I, to answer your question again and reiterate, I think Bailey's going to go over. Um, I think she's going to win the title. The fans are super behind her now. Uh, I mean, yeah. they, they really, really clung to her as a baby face. So I think she's going to go over and take the title. Yeah, we'll definitely see for that. So, but we'll head obviously back over to WWE and this, a story we covered yesterday. And it kind of soured me again. And well, it's two things actually. It's John Cena. So the first one is I can't believe I'm saying this on a one th- 136 episodes in, and we're saying John Cena has got an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this. Let's be honest. Uh, the, the minute I thought about this, I was like, there's some people in our community that are going to be very excited about this, you know, like Dallas. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously if you look into it deeper, it's just kind of a joke thing for like a Mm -hmm. character that he's got for some movie or some shit he's got coming up. It's funny though. I mean, John Cena's a funny guy. Like he can be very dry and he can be very, you know, PC and whatever, but he can be kind of a funny dude too. And the idea of him creating an OnlyFans and passing it off, like it's a real thing. That's, that's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. That made me chuckle quite a bit. Liam, what kind of content would you like to see on John Cena's OnlyFans? I don't, I do not entertain OnlyFans at all. I feel like it's a weird thing. And then by the way, you probably gather I'm lying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Candle Dry says, "Can we call Liam the Magic Monster from now on?" You you, you could be like, I think what you could do is you could come on the show and you could say, "Abracadabra, bitch! I'm the Magic Monster, Liam Wakelin." (laughs) Uh, dear, no. How's that for an intro? You no. like that? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds stupid, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's one of those. Eo's gonna win. I don't think Eo's gonna win. I know. I think she's had the title for quite a while now. We shall see. We shall definitely see. But obviously, sticking with the John Cena thing. Did you see the comments on a certain story which we covered last week? Yes. Uh, are you talking about John Cena on the Howard Stern show? I am. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad answer. <laughs> I mean, the way that he responded to that, 
that was just bad. That just did not look good. I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have the perfect answer that he should have said, mm-hmm. but I think it would have been better if he had said something along the lines of, you know, I have a history with him. You know, I've, I've always admired him and, and love him as a friend. Um, but, you know, if, if these things are true, I'm disappointed, you know, but instead he just kind of said something to the effect of, well, I love the guy and, uh, you know, you just stand by people you love and uh, just hope they do better. That's not a good answer, John. No, it's <laughs> like, not. I'm sorry. It's... That, that's not a suitable answer for this issue. Yeah, the problem is he's basically condoling everything, obviously, which we read, we talked about last week, and everybody can go back and read it for themselves. No, you're absolutely right. It's not an answer you should have really, really said. I'd have been happy if he didn't say anything at all, to be honest. Yeah. The thing is, though, is that... Um... On the Howard Stern show, if you try to throw a no comment out there, he's going to find a way to get it out of you. Howard Stern is the best interviewer on earth, and he has been for decades. Like, if you want to get the dirt out of of somebody or find out a true story of somebody, there is nobody that is better at weaving a story in a one-on-one conversation with somebody of interest than Howard Stern. I mean, Howard Stern, could he could pluck the janitor out of Sirius XM Studios set him down, him or her, talk about their life, and he can make it interesting. Like, he's just that damn good at this. He's the best in the world, the best to ever do it, um, in my opinion. And he would figure out a way to get something out of John Cena. But I just don't think this is what should have came out of his mouth. I think he should have said something a little more tactful than that. Yeah, and obviously these comments obviously got him a lot, a lot of backlash, which is understandable, really so, but... I feel like if you're on the spot, I mean, sometimes you will say things which you don't mean to say. And I'm I'm pretty sure now John's seen the backlash going, oh, crap, maybe I should have said, you know, what you've mentioned before. It, it kind of reminded me, and I think I saw GM Joe mention this in the chat the other day. It kind of reminded me of his comments about uh, China. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, uh, was it Hong Kong or Taiwan? One of those two, one of those two, uh, territory slash countries um he said something about them being an independent country and that he had to come out and apologize because <laughs> the chinese don't recognize that that uh is an independent country they recognize it as a part of china rightfully and he apologized for saying it i mean it's just ridiculous yeah it's it's really really sad. i just feel like it sometimes he just doesn't think before he speaks but i just thought this doesn't like do anything bad i feel like he, he probably has actually learned a little bit his lesson with this one to be honest let's hope so i i think he needs a better pr person like coaching him on what to say because <laughs> <laughs> whoever he's hired is apparently not feeding him good information not at all not at all so we've talked obviously a lot about AEW, WWE, new japan but the show we've not spoke about obviously at the minute is obviously tna now i was going to play the clip but it's like five minutes odd but so we can obviously talk about it briefly now I start off the, the last tapings. Eric Young came out and obviously spoke to obviously the audience. There's obviously a lot of backlash, I feel, backstage with obviously Scott DeMar leaving. But if you watch the video from Sean Rossap, obviously with the fan footage, you can see that I think a lot of people are hurting her, really, to be honest, backstage. Yeah. Um, and, and I saw this story. I didn't actually click on it and read what anybody said or anything. But can you kind of give a general gist of what? Of what they said. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I can just give me a second. I can find it. But 
Let me just have a look. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll just comment on uh, yeah, yeah. getting rid of Scott Demore because I, I just I, I don't understand why people that own a wrestling company think that they could just put some corporate mm-hmm. guy in running a wrestling company and it's going to work. I mean, we've seen this over and over again that this doesn't work. It failed when WCW did it. It failed when Sinclair yeah. bought Ring of Honor and they put some television stooge in to run Ring of Honor. It just doesn't work. You need somebody that actually understands how to work in professional wrestling to be the guy that's in charge of the company. I mean, you could have somebody do the business decisions, but creatively, you need somebody that knows wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got obviously a little snippet from obviously what's said, so I'll read briefly what he said. Eric Young obviously came out obviously with production crew and everybody, and this is a little snippet where he said, he says, here we all are. He began the wrestlers, the crew, the producers, everyone that makes this place go, and most importantly, the lifeblood of this place. You, the fans, still breathing, still living, and in the truth, still thriving. Bear with me, guys. This is very difficult. And he obviously choked up a little bit. And then he went on to say that in life, you can either stand by what's going off, or you can kind of keep moving forward. But that comment alone, I feel like it's like it's not had a choice, but it's like some something backstage is like, look, whatever you like or not, Scott Demore's obviously gone. We're gonna have to deal with it. And I feel like this is kind of you know something what's gone off backstage. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough because they they rebranded as TNA. And they were off to such a hot start. You know, that pay-per-view to start the year uh, had great numbers and had piqued a lot of interest. And um, the, uh, the the match with, uh, you know, Josh Alexander and Osprey created a lot of interest and a lot of energy around the product. And then they fired Scott Demore, <laughs> the guy who, who basically was kind of the visionary that pushed them in this direction. Um it's just talk about shooting yourself in the foot, man. And I know, you know, Canada dry says it's tough because he wanted to buy TNA. Yeah. He probably had had so many disagreements with Anthem that he thought the writing was on the wall that he was going to be gone. And in a last ditch effort to try to save his spot in TNA, he probably sought investors and tried to buy the product. Um, what's going to suck now is that, if it's under corporate leadership, they're probably going to eventually run it back into the ground and it's going to go back to just having 30,000 viewers a week. And it's just going to be like it was during the dead years when Anthem first bought TNA. So it, it's unfortunate. I, I thought they had a lot of hype behind them. And I just, I don't think this is sending them in the right direction. I think this is going to send them spiraling back downward. What, what do you think, Liam? The thing I actually thought when obviously all this came out was like Ring of Honor before obviously Tony Khan, you know, bought it, you know, with the I forget obviously on uh, Ring of Honor before Tony Khan, but Sinclair. you know, obviously when Re- Sinclair, we had that yeah. same thing where they just didn't want to like put anything into it. So I feel like this is going to be kind of the same rule, and it's a shame though, really, because I mean, there's so many great people on that roster. Do you know what I mean Brian Myers, obviously the prime example, Moose, Josh Alexander, Chris Saban. Alex Shelley, do you know what I mean? The list is endless. Yeah, they've got a solid roster for sure. And, uh, you know, some of those guys, I mean, have been DNA mainstays. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, some of those people you you just named have been there for a decade or longer. You know, <laughs> I mean, these are guys that built this company, and um, it, it's just a shame. You know, I, I hope they can regain their footing and do well, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of rumors over who's in charge of creative now. I know Meltzer said that uh, it was Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer came on Busted Open and disavowed that and said, no, it's not me. I'm not the head of creative and TNA. I don't know who they put in charge, but it needs to be somebody who has a strong wrestling mind mm-hmm. and is going to continue basically the vision that Scott Demore had going. Yeah, and the thing obviously what winds me up more so is obviously TNA's just signed two obviously top talent, obviously from the UK. Being from the UK myself, obviously we'd sign TNA signed Leon Slater and Harley Hudson. Obviously, there's a two upcoming talent from obviously the UK. And if they're going into this, and like I said, I feel like there's going to be a lot going off backstage. It kind of pisses me off from obviously a fan's point of view. Yeah, it's like a bait and switch, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like the, these guys sign with TNA, and they're they're coming from another country, and uh, they're coming to work for TNA, and then the guy who was there and running things, and mm-hmm. probably is the one who had a hand in hiring them, is all of a sudden not there anymore. It's like, oh well, tough shit. So, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them, too. Um, You know, Tiffany says, don't forget the Josh Alexander situation. My understanding was that contractually, Josh Alexander had a three, had a two year deal with an option to pick up a third year. Mm -hmm. And TNA exercised the option to pick up the third year. But the optics of it are incredibly bad because he was one of the guys that posted the hourglass image in a Mm -hmm. tweet. Uh, along with many other TNA talents that obviously are not happy about this. Um, so it, it's kind of like a, ha-ha, you can put your little hourglass up, but we're still keeping you for a year, bitch. You know, it's just not a good look. It really isn't. Um, I, I think they thought that it would make them look better. Like, hey, mm-hmm. our one of our top guys is staying for another year. Isn't that exciting, guys? But, yeah, I, I think that backfired on them. Canada Dry says he'd be the new Scott. What do you think would happen if Canada Dry ran TNA? Aside from making the ring and the ring ropes pink and black. I can imagine a few talents who we'd obviously sign. Like who? Well, two, obviously, people. Obviously, Brian Adel and Tanya Markova. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that'd be the first two people he'd sign. I mean, I'm not against the idea, by the way. Just saying. I think he would make them like the... Uh, they, they'd be like the Triple H and Stephanie of TNA. It'd be like the McMahon Helmsley era in TNA, the Idol yeah. Markova era. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. What about you? Obviously, if you will, obviously had the opportunity to go into TNA based on obviously Scott De- what Scott DeMod did, what would be the first thing you would do? Oh, geez. I, I would be way underqualified to take a role like that. So I, I don't even want to speculate on what I would do. I mean, I guess the first thing I would do is I would hire a solid wrestling guy or girl mm-hmm. to run creative. You know, whether that's a Tommy Dreamer, whether that's Gabe Sapolsky, you know, you know, whether it's somebody like that, bring in somebody who has a history of booking wrestling and put them in 100% control of the television product. And I, as the wrestling outsider, would just run the actual business corporate end of it. Okay, not the answer I was expecting, but anyway. What was the answer you were expecting? 
I don't know. I was just expecting something like, you know, to full on go like, oh, I've changed this, change this. I just wasn't expecting to go full like, oh, put this person in, do this person, and do this person. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, they need to get off Access TV, but that's not going to happen because Anthem owns Access TV. So in, unless they get a new owner, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So the interns have just told me we've got somebody backstage and it's been t- it's described as Caleb's ex. Now, why do I never hear the producer in my ear? Why is it always just you and Canada Dry that hear the producer? I don't know. I check it out with the interns, you know? Producer, you need to step up your game. I'm a co-host here, all right? You need to come into my earpiece, too. Well, let's bring I, him in. I all can't right. believe I'm saying this, but here we go. Caleb's ex, hello there. Hi, how are you cuties doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing today, Caleb's ex? Caleb's ex, do you have a name? Uh, I'd rather not share it right now, but Caleb knows what my name is. Okay, well, I, I'm just going to call you uh, 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 Veronica. How about that? Okay, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I was a fan of the um, Archie comics. <laughs> well, Veronica, what, what what brings you in to the magic of wrestling today? Do you, I well, assume you probably want to talk about Caleb, right? Well, yeah, actually, one thing I do want to say, Elimination Chamber, Tiffany Stratton was really lucky she didn't break her neck on that pod spot. Her head was very close to the platform when she landed. It was. Yeah. I mean, she, she for anybody that didn't see, she did a swanton off the top of the pod. And uh, I mean, I, I guess because the cage is not too far from the, the roof of the pod. So it's kind of hard to get enough trajectory in the air to do a full flip before you reach the the women that are yeah. waiting to catch you, and uh, it was a little yeah, it was a little risky looking for sure. Especially when you see it on the replay again too. But uh, I just want to quickly call in to say that I love Tim Tobin and Caleb. It's never going to happen again. But I now I want to share that my love interest is now Tim Tobin. You cuties have a good day. Oh. She is into the pancake man now. Oh, what what a sordid affair we've got going on here. Caleb X, who we're we're just gonna code name Veronica, code Veronica, you know, for Resident Evil fans out there, um, is now a suitor for Tim, the pancake man. What what, what do we make of this, Liam? What what do you make of this? I'm more asking the question, what the hell's the pancake, man? Yeah. I mean, I, the guy can make some pancakes, dude. He makes some killer chocolate chip pancakes. I, I don't blame Caleb's ex. I mean, I, you know, I love Caleb. He's a great dude. But, you know, if she has to move on, I think Tim the Pancake Man is a, 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 a suitable second man for her. Have I missed some of it yet? Is there something going off? <laughs> I don't even know what's going off anymore. <laughs> well, you see, Caleb's ex started calling into our programs uh, mm. because... She was unhappy about uh, uh, Caleb didn't get her a gift for Valentine's Day, so she broke up with him. And they went to Outback Steakhouse, and Caleb ordered chicken tenders at a uh, at a steakhouse, and uh, you know, which was considered a red flag. And um, you know, she's she's been calling and airing her grievances on all of our programs. This is the first time she's called Magic. Wow, maybe we should get like a, a thing like where everybody everyone's in the entire episode. Caleb's ex, Caleb, and they just hash it. I'll just leave them to it. Just have a whole episode about it. I mean, I, you, you're going to feed Canada dry some ideas here, and uh, I, it, it's going to happen. I guarantee it. And, um, you know, Shane says that uh, 
she was very unhappy that uh, he never pushed her stool in, you know, after, after they had a meal together and they all stood up to leave, he didn't push her stool in, uh, whenever they left the table. That, that's, that's what that means. Okay. Okay. So we've got a little bit of time left. So guys in the comments, if you want to throw some questions at us, do you know what I mean? Just fire away. Do you know what I mean? As I said, today's episode, we've not obviously planned it. We're just going to wing it like we always do. Canada Dry says that we should hire Brett. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, if, if Canada Dry took over TNA, it would be a pink ring with uh, with with black uh, ring apron and black ropes with like a pink rope in the middle, two black ropes in between. Um, that's what it would look like. It would look like Bret Hart wrestling, which would be kind of cool. I'm not going to lie, but uh, that's what TNA would look like if, uh, if he took over. You'd have to change the initials or something. Yeah, instead of what would it be instead of TNA? I'm just trying to think. T and TMB. <laughs> Total nonstop Brit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Total heart wrestling. THW. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Shane says that uh, Tony Khan should hire Scott for at least Ring of Honor. Yes, I think you should hire Scott Demore for AEW. Yes, not Ring of Honor. I I think that. Tony Khan needs help creatively. He needs yep. help. And I think bringing in somebody like Scott Demore to kind of be like his right-hand man, um, I think would do AEW a lot of good. I really, I mean, I've been saying for years that I think you should bring in somebody like a Gabe Sapolsky. I know I mentioned him earlier. Um, just somebody who has a good basis for booking logical professional wrestling and just have him do at least half of the booking of the shows. Do you know what? I'm not against the Scott Demore idea because I know I've always respected him as a thingy. But do you think if Scott comes in, Tony needs to take a step back? And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yes. I 100% think Tony Khan needs to take a step back and let somebody else do a lot more of the creative work. I just don't think his booking is cutting it. Hell, he's even lost Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Dave Meltzer <laughs> gave Triple H Booker of the Year this past year, um, whereas it had always been Tony Khan up until that point, as long as AEW had been in existence. Uh, wow. Okay. When, when, when he loses Super AEW Mark Dave Meltzer, I think it's time to make some changes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely something. But And the one thing I've just thought about is take that guy's phone from him and take him off Twitter for fuck's sake. Oh, God. Please, yeah, please, please, Tony Khan, put the phone down. Just stop. Like, uh, quit channeling your Donald Trump here. Quit, quit getting on Twitter and airing out all your grievances. For God's sakes, act like you own a company and you're a billionaire. <laughs> stop, stop getting on Twitter and like acting like a teenage boy. Please. Do you know the other name? And I know this might be a controversial one, but I've said it all along. I, I, I'd say Eric Bischoff. Uh, that would never happen, but yeah, I mean, you know, Bischoff and Tony Khan have obviously uh, have uh, come to an impasse where they're not gonna they're not gonna mend fences at any point here. I don't think. Um, and plus two, I mean, you know, Bischoff's in the sixties. You know, I mean, how how much are you gonna get out of somebody at that age? I mean, I'm not trying to sound discriminatory here, but you know. How much longevity are you going to get out of somebody in that generation? It's going to have to be somebody younger. 
You know, it's going to have to be somebody that's like, you know, 40, 50, something like that. Um, you can't just rely on, you know, I know it'd be the same thing if you hired Heyman or, or Cornette or, you know, all those guys are in their 60s now. You're not going to get a lot of longevity out of these guys. You, you need somebody that's kind of got a younger, fresher take, but somebody who was taught to logically book professional wrestling. So the reason I actually said, obviously, Bischoff was it's Bischoff almost killed TNA. <laughs> no, it was Hogan, by the way. So screw you on that one, Shane. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Liam. What what was your uh, your rationale for Bischoff? I feel like on the business side, I feel like obviously we saw what it did with the WWE. Whether we like it or not, the WCW side it was great, obviously for the business, you know, and stuff. And I feel like. His knowledge from what he's learned from obviously working TNA, WWE, and WCW, I feel like that could push AEW in that right direction, which we mentioned earlier. Well, I definitely think Bischoff has the business acumen. Um, you know, he has the history of dealing with television executives. Uh, he's been a high-level executive producer of non-wrestling projects mm -hmm. uh, for many years. If anybody remembers Rock of Love, with Brett Michaels, that was a huge success. Eric Bischoff was a producer of that show. If anybody didn't know that, um, but I just don't know, man. I, I, it, at maybe Bischoff twenty years ago would have been good to run a company opposite WWE, but I'm, I'm not sure about now. Um, I'm sure he could probably help some on the business end. I don't think he should be involved at all in the creative end, and he'll tell you himself that he's not a creative guy. Um. He never did that in WCW and uh, kind of sort of did it in TNA, I guess, but he didn't, it, he never even booked WCW. He was just a corporate guy. It was always mm -hmm. Kevin Sullivan or Kevin Nash or somebody like that that booked WCW. Okay. So we've got another, obviously, guest backstage. He's been in the comments quite a while. It's, of course, GM Joe. GM hey, what's Joe. Up, what's going on, my I, man? I had to chime in on this Eric Bischoff thing. Like, I don't want Eric Bischoff anywhere near AEW. <laughs> this man, he ruined TNA. TNA was doing so good, and then him and Hogan came in and just changed everything that made TNA TNA and just completely ruined it. I can't really speak much about WCW because, like Mr. Isaac said, he really didn't do much. He was the vice. He didn't really book anything. He did more of the business side. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want Bischoff anywhere near wrestling control, like booking anything like that. Because he's going to want to bring in Hogan or bring in. He's going to take the wrestling. He's going to take AEW backwards instead of forwards. We're, we're gonna, I, I do think it'd be funny though to see like Orange Cassidy jobbing to one of the Nasty Boys. I think that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> God, that, that would be horrible. I would laugh. It's <laughs> just a suggestion, but obviously I've been shut down, so not much I can say. <laughs> I just remember, um, you know, when, when he first came in and Hogan came in, and the first show that they ran, and they got the four sided ring, and the fans were just so super pissed, and they chanted very loudly, We want six sides over their entire promo. And at that point, it was like, this is not starting off too well. <laughs> you can't just come in and make drastic changes to TNA, especially if you're going to 
you don't want to look like WWE if you really want to go to Monday nights and take them on and try to revive the Monday Night Wars and make it 2.0, which yeah. failed miserably. You know, it, but, it's kind of a strange thing because, you know, I think in the short term, I think TNA got a big boost from it because the highest ratings they ever got television wise was during this era. Right. Um, but then, but they didn't, he doesn't know how to capitalize it. And then he alienate, basically alienated the hardcore TNA fan base. And that was the second well, part of what I was going to say is that it was a yeah. short term solution, but in the long term, it ended up causing more harm than good. Um, right. So it's kind of a double edged sword when it came to bringing in Bischoff and Hogan, in my opinion. The yes. thing is, the, the thing is, we with Eric as well. Is Eric has said many times, "Is I'm only here to watch other Holt's creator." But when you think about it, it was on TV more than, more times than I cared to count. Yeah. Well, I mean, and part of that was just Dixie Carter's incompetence too. Like, uh, I was like, like you said, like TNA, it's never been good when a corporate person is like. This is even the first time a, a corporate person has taken over TNA, not knowing wrestling. Look at Dixie. I mean. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just remember Bischoff talking about the uh, the famous victory road match with Sting and Hardy and mm -hmm. said that, like, w what everybody knew that Jeff Hardy was intoxicated, nobody knew what the hell to do. And Dixie Carter wasn't even there. Like, yeah. Dixie wasn't even there, and nobody was even in charge. And Bischoff had no authority other than just being, like, a television producer. He had no creative authority, but he took it upon himself to go out and just on the spot book a finish to that because there was literally no leadership. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so terrible. There's so many talking points of that. The one thing I'll always remember is when like JB's doing the introductions and he looks on and it's like, okay, we're actually doing this match. I, I take it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, all right. <laughs> so, can we, can we jump back to the beginning of your stream where you guys were talking about AEW real quick? I just want to, bring up something you said that um to the effect of like running smaller cities recently i think aew hired someone that wwe let go and they've basically said we're not going to run biloxi mississippi anymore they're just going to do the bigger cities good so hopefully we'll see that'll be a change in the perception of uh crowd sizes yeah i mean it it needs to be the stronger wrestling markets. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I said, as long as Kentucky's not a big market, but they were packed with Dynamite last year. Yeah, it's you got to go to like, you, you have to go to the big cities. You can't go to the little rural towns. Yeah. It sucks, but you're not WWE at the moment. You, you have to do what's best for your brand. Absolutely. Wow. As long as they're not running every major show in Chicago, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to get out of Chicago, Vegas, and Jacksonville once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Especially the Jacksonville one. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost how many times to go back there. Well, Jacksonville is basically their, uh, you know, their, their New York if you're WWE or Atlanta, Georgia if you're WCW. That's their yeah. home. Yeah. But to be fair, like it was out of necessity too. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't fault them for running Daly's place during the pandemic, of course. Like, but, uh, like, I'm fine with them doing it like every new year, like they're coming home, like their homecoming episode. That's yeah. fine with me. Oh, I like absolutely. it too because Daly's, like, one, they pack it out. And two, like, it's just every time they go there, there's like a, they, present the show differently which i really like i like the aesthetic of daily's place i've always liked yeah. it. i always thought the shows there looked incredible i always thought they had a really good look and feel to them yeah like yeah 
like I love what used to be the ECW arena, the 2300 arena in Philadelphia now, because yeah. you're always so close. Even the be- even the, the cheap seats are still within like 200 feet of the ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's at least a couple of those shows that you can go back and watch, and you can see a very young Tony Khan on the front row <laughs> of a couple <laughs> of W shows. Yeah, and there's actually pictures out there of him going to a couple of them. That and the uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom was always a nice yes. too. That ECW always ran. Um, you know, the early Monday Night Rawls were at the Manhattan Center, which was you know kind of the same deal. And uh, the Ring of Honor Final Battle shows were always in Hammerstein. Uh, for a period of time, uh, those were great. Hammerstein Ballroom that that was a fantastic environment too for wrestling. That's always the one thing that ROH always did right was they always brought their people in and made it feel like it was a like an intimate crowd. Yeah, and I love it because I I went to a couple of national televised shows. Matter of fact, I was at the four shows after Adam Cole got super kicked by the Bucks before he was mm-hmm. going to NXT. So mm-hmm. I was at that whole month's worth of taping. It was pretty fun. Oh, wow. I bet that was cool. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Mr. Isaacs, I'll see you tonight for uh, the garage. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night, Mr. Uh, Magician. Thank you very much, guy. There we go. (laughs) Do you know what? I love these shows when people call in because they get interactive. You're not interactive. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this is a good experience. I like... um, just kind of just going off the cuff here, have a few different things to talk about, and uh, we can just kind of work off each other, work off the callers, work off the commenters, and look at it. I mean, we've we've crossed over an hour just doing this. Absolutely. So we've also got to say thank you, obviously, to two sponsors. So the first one, of course, is FTW Wrestling. Mr. Isaacs, tell everybody about this, and I will hit the intro. That. Brian Idle and Natalia Markova, $250 a month in Largo, Florida. You can go learn to be a professional wrestler run the promo determination perseverance these are the qualities that make a champion do you have what it takes to be the next wrestling superstar are you ready to turn your dreams into a reality at fight the world wrestling's world wrestling academy we can help you become the champion you were meant to be our world travel trainers, Brian Idol and Natalia Markova, are well-known industry professionals with years of experience in the world of wrestling. From the basics to advanced techniques, they are dedicated to help give you the tools that you need to succeed in the ring. Our training program is tailored to challenge you, push you to your limits, and help you discover your full potential. Come join our diverse group of talent. Join us at Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy and make your dream a reality. Visit our website or contact us to learn more and start your journey to the top today. Today, Today. everybody. Don't do it yesterday. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it today, you son of a bitch. And, of course, that leads into our second sponsor, which is kind of linked to the first one, weirdly. It's just, of course, the Kill City Cup. Mortal Kombat meets wrestling. I think we said this many, many times. You know what? I'm just gonna let the video do the talking. Welcome to the Kill City Cops.
You know the funny Red thing is, animals. on the paranormal show when we do that, we're literally doing the sound effect. <laughs> you all literally do my gimmick without the soundboard. <laughs> That's funny. I think I've seen you all do that before. I have to uh, see if I can pull the sound and send it to one of you guys or something. That is brilliant. Of course, what we got coming up for the rest of the week? Uh, the garage is obviously after collision, I believe. It is. Be about ten o'clock Eastern time, give or take a few minutes. There you go. And of course, tomorrow. Are you on the show tomorrow? Or... No. I, I actually, I, I have no idea what he's doing tomorrow. Uh, enlighten us, though. They are doing the worst wrestlers of all time. So I'm kind of curious to see who makes a list on that one. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but this is going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting discussion. I'm definitely going to tune in and check that one out. And of course, next week, I've got not one, but two interviews lined up. First off, on Wednesday, at the exact same time, we've got Shazza McKenzie. Of course, she's obviously done work for AEW, WWE. Are you familiar with her work at all, by any chance? I've heard the name. I'd have to see her, but I'm sure I probably have seen her. Yeah, of course. And then obviously on Thursday, we're obviously doing one Richard Young, who's got 20 years working in obviously the UK scene. That's obviously on Thursday. And then Mr. Isaacs and I will be back on Saturday as we're doing a full show dedicated to Collins. I'm excited to see how this goes. Yeah, that's going to be a fun show. Um, you know, again, these off-the-cuff shows, man, they're a lot of fun. I love the engagement that we get from the community and uh, the discussion to be had. Um with uh, very little, if any, planning at all. I like that. That works. Of course, of course. So, if you guys want a t-shirt, you can head to prorestingtees.com forward slash wrestling. You can get yourself the Magic of Wrestling t-shirt, the All FM Wrestling t-shirt, which was modeled by a friend of the show, Natalia Markova. Mr. Isaacs, you know how this works now. Tell everybody about the old school. If you like old school wrestling, and I know you do, you can go to prorestingtees.com slash a episode of the vice documentary series dark side of the ring get an adorable adrian adonis t-shirt today of course as always guys thanks you obviously for watching we obviously end the show with this we do it every single week mr isaacs see us out to the outro guys we gotta hang in there it's uh it's been kind of a a tough go for me mentally this week and i know a lot of other people have been struggling as well you just gotta remember you can do this you're strong you're powerful. I believe in you. Liam believes in you. You got to believe in yourself. And uh, we'll keep it at that. Keep your fist up in the air, guys. Let's do this together. Just keep fighting. <laughs>